This is the History Worth Saving podcast. Subscribe, like, and share your story ideas at historyworthsaving.com. And while you're there, you can also pick up a copy of my new book, Tales from High Bluff, Stories My Grandfather Would Like, just by visiting historyworthsaving.com. And a special thank you to our friends at The Conversion Mill for making this episode possible. The Conversion Mill turns your existing website visitors into paying customers. Find more at theconversionmill.com. That's theconversionmill.com. On this episode of History Worth Saving, we're talking to a guy I have known, well, the majority of my life. He grew up in my hometown, deep in the heart of South Texas. And my friend Steve Trevino, who has always been funny, made a life-changing decision a long time ago to become a professional comedian. So eventually, Steve found his way to L.A., and once he was there, he faced a choice. He could become the Hispanic stereotype Hollywood wanted him to be, or he could just be himself. He could just be his own man, his own brand. And Steve Trevino chose the latter. And that's why I wanted to introduce you to him. Steve, today, well, he sells out theaters all over the U.S. He's had Showtime specials, Netflix specials, and now, now a new one that's out that he'll tell us about in just a few minutes. Steve, you're all over the place, but I'm glad you're here now. I'm happy to be here. You know, it is is kind of special, you know? I mean, I have known you my entire life. I mean, almost. I mean, we, uh, yeah, (laughs) you know, um... But, you know, usually I have to kind of explain uh, to the host where I come from. I usually I go, all right, you know where Corpus Christi is? Yeah, well, I grew up not in Corpus, near there. And, and it's funny because, you know, growing up, a lot of people from Gregory, Portland, you know, they go, oh, Steve's from Gregory. And they don't realize, well, because, you, know, you know, me being Mexican-American and Gregory being more of the Hispanic side of town, you know, my family grew up in Portland, Texas. We, uh, my, my great, great grandmother was born right in Portland, Texas. But isn't it funny that it, we're talking about 10 miles, maybe, yeah, right? 10, 10 miles. <laughs> so, I, I mean, look, I, I, I did live, in, I get I did it. live in Greg. I lived in Gregory for three years, four years. And, you know, I represent both Gregory and Portland. I love but, it. You know, I moved to, I mean, you know, and the small town that we grew up in, there was no comedy club. There was no local theater stage. There was no uh, anywhere to perform, you know. Right. Um, So for me, you know, I wanted to be a comedian. And and growing up as a kid, my father being a welder, pipe fitter, uh, very, you know, military man, uh, my father is a, green, uh, a, a Vietnam veteran. My dad was very hard on me, and my dad raised me to work hard. And I always thought, well, I'll apply that same thing to stand-up comedy. And I always thought that if you worked hard and if you were the best, then you would get the things that you deserve. And in Hollywood, that's not the case. Talk to me about what they wanted you to become, because I think this is really interesting. You had a decision point in your career. It, it might have gone a completely different way. Talk to me about that decision. Well, and, and you know as well as I do, you know, where we grew up, uh, me and you, it, it was cowboy boots and jeans and a T-shirt. 
you know, uh, it was a very country town. I mean, farming is the industry and blue collar refinery workers was the other industry. And, you know, when I moved to LA, LA didn't know what, you know, they wanted the George Lopez. They wanted the urban Hispanic. And I'm, you know, if George Lopez is city mouse, I'm country mouse, (laughs) you know, (laughs) right. Um, and and they didn't, they, you know, Hollywood, they don't quite understand that there's a bunch of Mexican Americans in this country who are, who celebrate their culture, but who are extremely proud of being Americans. You know, um, my roots are American. Like I said, my father, you know, served in the Vietnam war and my great grandfather served in, in World War One, so you know, do I celebrate my culture? Do I know what it is to be Mexican American? Absolutely. But when I went to Hollywood, they didn't understand that. You know, I drive a pickup truck, and you know, there's this whole part of the country where Mexican Americans live that are not your typical cholo, if you will. So. I immediately got put in this box of, oh, you're a Mexican comedian. You're like George Lopez. And it's like, no, I'm not like George Lopez. So as the years went by, you know, me just talking about my life and the way that I grew up, you know, there was times where I was like, well, maybe I need to be that cholo. Maybe I need to be that Mexican stereotype. And, my wife and I decided that that wasn't going to be the case. And we were, I was just going to be Steve Trevino, the Texan. And, you know, it it ended up working out obviously, but because of that, my wife and I were uh, against all odds and had to start doing things on our own. Well, and you've done it in a big way. I want to, I want to bring that up because for years now, when you go back home, you sell out the Selena Auditorium, and I, I don't even know how many people that thing seats, but it's enormous. It's a huge, yeah, huge it, place. It's about twenty four hundred seats now. Corpus Christi and and the Coastal Bend, our neighborhood, is a very special place to me. So, you know, we do one show where we sell out the Selena Auditorium, and then I donate my time to do a second show for a charity. Um, So I do two shows in Corpus Christi, one for the Steve Trevino charity, which is my wife. (laughs) 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 And then the other, you know, people approach me for different things. And, you know, this year we're raising money to help underprivileged children um, in Aransas Pass ISD. So um, I'm always trying to give back to the community. and, And I think, I think that's helped my career is the fact that I'm, I mean, I could not be any more of a regular guy. You know, I, I'm still, my best friends are still my childhood best friends. Um, you know, nothing has changed other than the fact that I tell jokes for a living and I tell it now on a, on a huge scale. I mean, we were in, uh, last week where were we, we were in, um, I sold out a theater in Modesto, California on Friday. And then we sold out another theater in Fresno, California. The week before that we sold 2,500 seats in Chicago. So, you know, me being me and me wanting to represent the Mexican American in a very positive American way, uh, has paid off. 
Isn't that interesting, though? You, you know, you go to broadcast school and you spend four years in there trying to trying to learn all this stuff and read, you know, read aloud and wear makeup and whatnot. And then you spend the rest of your life trying to figure out how to become yourself again and, and really who you are. And I, I think that I think that the quest that you have been on, it just identifies with so many people that real success lies within who God made you to be. And, and that, to me, uh, just it just speaks volumes. And I think I think that you telling that story hopefully uh, helps people relate. You know, this country, Steve, is more divided now than it's ever been, right? And and I've talked and talked and talked about this on this show that we just don't know our neighbors. And the Pew Research uh, study that was done, it, it proves that we don't know our neighbors. But in a small town, in a small place like Portland, you and I had friends that that we know to this day. And I, and I think yeah, that... 100%. I, and there was a community yeah. in... And, you know, it was one of those things where I tell people all the time, you know, where, where I grew up, where me and you grew up, Matt, it wasn't, it wasn't, well, the Mexicans hang out over there and the whites hang out over here. It, we were just Texans. And I never felt the, oh, no, you're, you know, you're the, the racism at all when I was growing up. I mean, heck, me and you, Matt, are, are friends to this day. And we were friends in high school and we were, we shared classrooms together and it wasn't like, Oh, the Mexicans over there and the whites over here. I mean, it was just, and I think Texas in general does a really good job of raising us as, Hey, you're a Texan. Be proud to be Texan. And, and I think that we've lost that, you know, we've lost that in this country that, Hey, be proud to be an American, you know, whether you're black or white or Jewish or, or Asian or whatever, at the end of the day, you're an American and you should be proud to be an American. I want to bring this up because I, I, I'm going to brag on you just a little bit. The, the best Steve Trevino shows you could ever hope to see happened on a Garcia's tour bus uh, somewhere probably around 11 or 1 o'clock in the morning, coming back oh, from, from, yeah. from these speech and debate <laughs> tournaments that we all took part in with, with Charlotte Brown. There will never be uh, a better a better show than than on that bus, and when we were all just about delirious. But one guy, and I don't know if you had this, the the one guy that I think, and I still think to this day, could give anybody a run for their money is 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 Chewy. I mean, was he not oh, one of the man. funniest you guys know, you ever met in your life? Oh, one hundred percent. You know, and I I run into him back home at H E B, and but but again, so you've got this guy Chewy who is extremely talented and really funny, but you know, there was no outlet for us, right? There was no, there was no path. There was no, well, yeah, you just go to that comedy club or you go right. to that theater, you know? And for me, I had to, I graduated high school to uh, Dallas, Texas, where that was the nearest comedy club. It was Dallas or Houston. And I picked Dallas because I had a friend, a cousin already living there. So that was kind of my, you know, hey, can I crash on your sofa? Which he, I didn't realize that he didn't even have a sofa for me <laughs> to crash on. Um, but, you know, there, there was no outlet for us. And, and started in Dallas, found my way on stage somehow, some way, and then found myself in Los Angeles finding out that I had to overcome even more. You know, Matt, my first Showtime special it's called Steve Trevino, Grandpa Joe's Son. And the reason I got that special was because Showtime was doing a, we need stuff for Hispanic Heritage Month. 
And it was one of those things where it's like, really, can I just be a comedian? Do I have to be put for Hispanic Heritage Month? You know, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as my knowledge goes, racism is segregation, right? Racism is segregating people from other people. Uh, hey, Showtime, that seems pretty racist. <laughs> right. Right, but you know, I I hear you. I I I totally understand where you're where you're coming from in this. How many specials now do you have out? Because they're on. I can't even keep track we, of them now. We got the special for Showtime, and I, I told my wife, I said, you know what? It's a very good Showtime special. It got ratings. Um, it's gonna. It did very very well. Uh, we bumped up our ticket sales. People saw it. They only played it for Hispanic Heritage Month. And then they only played it for Cinco de Mayo. So I told my wife, I said, you know what? We're going to do our own special. So our next special was called Relatable. Uh, it ended up on Netflix, but Netflix didn't pay to do it. I paid out of my own pocket to make that special happen. We went crazy viral, 140 million views. Um, now we sell out all over the country and have been for the past four years. I told the wife, I said, well, absolutely, we're getting another special. You know, Hollywood has to see that, you know, I am a hot commodity. Didn't happen. So, again, my wife and I reached into our own pockets and filmed the next one, which is called Steve Trevino Till Death. And now that one's on Amazon Prime. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, the fans and the people keep coming out, and I keep selling tickets. And, you know, I never got in this business to become rich or famous. I got in this business because I love doing stand up. And as long as I can pay my bills doing stand up, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to keep doing it. I want to bring this up because if, if, if you're sitting across from me right now and you're, and you're listening to this while you're getting ready, or maybe on your drive into work and you're thinking, man, I, I, I totally understand what Steve's talking about. There's, there's just nowhere for me to go or this town doesn't have what I'm looking for career wise. Listen, I, I want you to hear me. And I want you to hear Steve. There's nothing wrong with staying. There's nothing wrong with staying. But if you want to get out, Steve, what do they need to do? You got to find a way, you know, and, and I think that I'm very fortunate to have the father that I have. You know, my father was very hard on me and my father, my, look, when I, when I told my dad, I was going to go do stand-up comedy and not go to college or not work at the refinery that he worked in. My dad goes, that's fine. He goes, but don't ask me for money. He goes, because if you want to go do your own thing, then you are 150% on your own. And I found a way. And my dad didn't help me. My mom didn't help me. You know, I found a way. And I think that kids nowadays especially, or are, are even, even young adults are adults who go, man, I wish I had done this. Well, go out and do it. You know, I always had the attitude that I'm going to be a comedian. I don't hope to be a comedian. I don't, I don't wish to be a comedian. I don't hope it works out. No, this is what I am going to do. And it's what I did and it's what I'm doing. And I have never had a real career. Um, I mean, I've had jobs, you know, my dad put me on a roof when I was 12 years old, I had jobs. You know, but I didn't have, uh, I've never had a career other than stand-up comedy. And I think, I think that people need to realize that this is America. 
that if you work hard here, there is a way to make it um, in whatever you want to do. It's just a matter of finding a way. And and this is a quote from Donald Trump uh, that I heard years ago that made me get motivated. Years ago, Donald Trump was on um, Larry King Live, and he he said, successful people are people who are willing to do stuff nobody else is willing to do. Amen. And I was was willing to sleep in my car. I was willing to work for free. I was willing to find a way to make it happen when everybody else wouldn't. You know, I, I always like to tell the story, you know, when you work the door at a comedy club, you work with several other aspiring comedians. Comedian would come into town to headline our comedy club. I would offer to sell their merchandise. Whatever they were selling after the show, I would tell that comedian, hey, man, whatever you need, I'm here for you. You need a ride to the grocery store. You want me to take you to the bar after the show. You want me to sell merchandise. I'm your guy. So because of that, I got to know a lot of the headliners. Now, the other guy who was trying to be a comedian with me, he would tell me, he said, you know what, Steve, you're there. Is that what you want to be? You want to be there? And the funny part is now that same guy is offering to sell my t-shirts. <laughs> right. And it's like, yeah. wow, Hard here work. we are. Tw- yeah. 20 years later, you want to be, you know, I was, I was the 20. <laughs> right. Well, that that's where you should be, you know? And I think these young kids, they walk into a job and they think, Oh man, where's my company car? And where's my company credit card? And how many vacation days do I get? You're out of your mind. Yeah. Well, and nobody you know, wants to work anymore, right? I mean, this stuff, it's hard work. It's hard work no matter what you do. And so find something you enjoy doing it and get out there and do it. But I, I, think, I think you brought up a good point. There are so many people, and, and I know a bunch of them, and I know you know a bunch of them that say, well, you know, I, I was going to go do this, but, and then there's always this, this but, whatever, it, whatever the but is, it, it gets in the way of, of countless dreams and of countless, you know, what ifs and, and what I was going to do. Don't, don't be that uh, person. If, if there's something you want to do, be like Steve. Go out and do it. Be willing to do what no one else is willing to do. You know, it, it's like when, when these young comedians nowadays, they all hit me up. Steve, take me on the road. Steve, I would like to be your opening act. And I like that attitude. And I like that they ask. So then I will call them and I will say, okay, I've got a gig for you in X, Y, and Z. If the first word that comes out of their mouth is how much am I going to make or where am I going to stay? You're done. You are no longer going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring you because if you're worried about money and you're worried about where you're going to stay, you already have the wrong attitude. I'm just thinking to I'm myself. Give, <laughs> I'm giving, yeah. But you know what I, I mean? I'm, I'm going, well, I'm you know. Giving, I'm giving you this opportunity. Right. No, I get it, yeah. And you're worried about money? You can be worried about money and where you're going to stay 20 years from now. But, it, it, yeah, <laughs> I get it. I mean, we've all done those shows. Now, now though, I, you know, I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to go if, unless it's, but, but that's now. That's not then, you know, when, sure, when I would do anything know? to get out. of. Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. That's, you that's know, I remember, uh, I remember, uh, 
this comedian who will go nameless, he said, uh, I said, Hey man, I really want to open for you. And he goes, yeah, man, I'm in Denver next week. If you want to come to Denver, uh, you can open for me. So I show up and it's winter time. And I am at that time I had a, uh, I had a Saturn. I remember I had a, uh, a 1995 Saturn, you know, and I sit, I, I'm waiting at the comedy club for the comedian to show up because the management wouldn't let me in the club because they didn't believe me that I was the opening act. So this, the, the <laughs> in your Saturn, show, because yeah, in you my know, Saturn. usually that's how comedians show up are in 95 Saturns. I, I totally understand. Right. <laughs> so I get there and the comedian that told me that I could open, he, he walks up and he goes, what are you doing here? And I go, you said I could open if I came to Denver. He goes, I didn't think you would come. Yeah, well, he I'm goes, here now. <laughs> he, goes, but get, he goes, where were you going to stay? I go, I don't know. In my car. And he goes, you know what? Because you're here, because you took the initiative, you can open up for me. But it's it's that kind of attitude. you know. And you know this, Matt. We're grown men. Every once in a while, you run into that kid. That kid working at the hotel, the kid working at the restaurant, and you just go, this kid gets it. He has the right attitude. He has the hunger. He has the look in his eye that I am going to succeed. Yeah, and, and a lot of times they do. And, and the thing is, Steve, I, I think that, that you, you've become such a champion for not only those people, but for everyone back home, too, that, uh, that hopefully people hear this and they, and they think to themselves, man, I, I want to get out and do whatever it is that, uh, that I was made to do. And I, and I think that they, uh, I think sometimes you just need that kind of kick in the rump to, to get out there and do it. Now, look, if you were looking to hear Steve Trevino make you laugh, that's obviously not going to happen in the next eight minutes. But I, I, will, I will throw <laughs> this, you know, this is kind of a serious show in that, we don't get a lot of time. You, you got a lot of time to make people laugh, but this is this is thirty minutes where where you can really get to know who Steve Trevino is, and I think that's the cool thing. You married a hometown girl. You married a girl a little younger than us, but you you took her away from there, and now you guys are are back in in Texas, and you're giving back to so many great people. And I think it just speaks volumes about about who you are. Where where do you want to be? Where do you want to be in ten years? What do you want to be? Talking about in man, I, look, I want to I want to be doing stand up on a level where I don't have to be out <clears throat> for four days out of the week. You know where maybe I'm doing theaters, but you know my main goal is to raise my son, uh, be the best husband that I can be to my wife, and you know cut back on the workload in ten years to where I'm still working, I'm still doing stand up, and I'm still making movies or TV shows or whatever that is, but where I can find a place in my life where I have enough money and enough security that I can spend more time raising my son, um, raising my future kids, you know, and, and that's, that's always been the goal. And it's, it's very tough for me because, you know, a lot of comedians at the comedy store, for example, in Los Angeles, you know, they would hang out till four or five o'clock in the morning every single day. And, and I would go and do my set and go home to my wife. Cause I actually like my wife and, I actually want to be a husband. And so for me, my goal is to set myself up so that I can be more of a family man to my, my family. And yeah, my, my wife is from Gregory, Portland, Texas. And you know, we, 
we tr- we moved back to Texas because we didn't want to raise our kids in Los Angeles. We wanted to um, be close to grand their, my son's grandparents and 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 live more of a normal life here in Texas. And we do. And and once people that we've met got over the fact that. I'm a comedian, you know, we have some really great friends here and, and we're trying to live as normal of a life as possible. What defines success uh, is not about, it's not about anything that, that, that you can see from the outside, right? It's all about uh, what happens on the inside and, uh, and you're working in the right direction. I just think it's great. The, the new special uh, is Steve Trevino Till Death. It's on Amazon Prime. How is the best way for people to stay in touch with you. If they want to see you live, if they want to find out Steve, where you're going to be. SteveTrevino.com. I'm all over Facebook, all over Instagram. Um, but mainly SteveTrevino.com. If you want to see me in a city near you, watch it on Amazon Prime. But, you know, and, and I, I say this over and over, I need your help. I need people's help. I need you to watch the show, enjoy the show, but I also need you to tell somebody about it because you know, that is how my fan base has grown old school word of mouth where people say, I, I mean, Amazon Prime's not promoting it to you. They, it's not an Amazon Prime uh, original, so they're not putting it on their front page. They're not making it a suggestion. You got to find it and you got to tell somebody else about it. And that's how the fan base grows. And I'm going to continue to to water the, the seeds just like that. And and I look. I don't know when I'll see you next, but you you mentioned you mentioned that there was nowhere uh, to 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 have as an outlet, and, and I think that uh, I think we're doing Winfest a huge uh, disservice. I mean, that was <laughs> that was it. Town, our little, little town, town carnival. Yeah, <laughs> and and you've still you're still doing Winfest. Every time I see you, I, I'll see something on Facebook about you being home. I think that's great, and I I love that. I love that you keep giving back, and to me, it's just uh, just it's just fantastic. I applaud your efforts, Steve. Great job, well, bud. Well, and if I and if I could, thank you, Matt. And if I could take one minute to talk about my organization, Helicopters for Heroes. Uh, last year, we raised three hundred thousand dollars for our wounded veterans. Ninety-eight percent of that went back to our veterans. Um, and Helicopters for Heroes, we have one event a year for wounded veterans, and we throw a concert for them. And we put them in helicopters with ARs, and they shoot pigs from those helicopters. Um, and we also provide them with PTSD therapy. Um, so that's where the money goes. And, and Helicopters for Heroes, please give us a dollar. Uh, it'll go straight to our veterans. And let me tell you, I know a lot of those guys, uh, and, and they tremendously uh, need these these types of resources. And for those of you that are listening somewhere other than Texas, and you're thinking, why Why on earth would anyone want to shoot a pig from a helicopter? And that sounds horrible, but but you got to understand, in Texas, there is this overabundance of, of feral pigs, feral hogs, and they do, oh, thousands. They thousands do millions thousands. and millions and millions of dollars of damage to crops and to, to livestock, and so you gotta, you got to take care of them. And uh, there's only one way to do that. And when you, when you put that, that weapon in the hand of a vet and you give them something to go and do that is a helpful B involves uh, high powered firearms and camaraderie yeah. <laughs> camaraderie. It, it, it doesn't get any better than that for those guys and gals and well, Steve hats know, off our, to you. Yeah. Our big goal is to, to get them the therapy for PTSD. I don't think people realize the number 22. Uh, that means that 22 veterans commit suicide every single day uh, due to 
PTSD. And, and our main goal is to, to put a dent in that number because we love our men and women who have served our country and, and I think they deserve a little bit of help. So we, that's what we try to do. All right. That's great. Helicopters for Heroes. Steve Trevino, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. It's uh, always good to hear your voice. Leave me with something funny. And, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if there's anything funny about the fact that my wife continues to spend money. So there you go. That's why, that's why I have to work every day. My wife has her own personal Christmas and the Santa Claus is the Amazon driver and Every day, my wife opens the door and says, "Oh my God, look from me to me." Spend spend your money with Steve Trevino and help <laughs> help his charities out, including including the one that, that funds his wife. Steve, great to great to hear your voice, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad you're being you. Because I'd hate to That's think of you goal, being anybody man. else, bud. Steve Trevino, thanks for coming on History Worth Saving. Great to hear your Thank voice. Thank you, buddy. SteveTrevino.com. Go there. You can find out anything you ever wanted to learn about Steve at SteveTrevino.com. Isn't that incredible, though? They dangle the carrot. All he has to do is become the person that they want him to be, and he says no. Telling you, there's something to this whole just-be-yourself thing. By the way, Steve mentioned our hometown. If you haven't already gotten a copy of Tales from High Bluff, stories my grandfather would like, well, we'll do so. It's, uh... A great look at what life in small-town Texas was like and uh, is like and probably forever will be like, but uh, you'll probably find a few laughs in there, too. And, and listen, I, I truly do appreciate you listening to the History Worth Saving podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, please consider doing so. You can do it right there at historyworthsaving.com. You'll never miss an episode. In the meantime, get out there and meet your neighbor. Trust me, there are some wonderful stories in your community, and if there's one that you think I should feature on the show well by all means please reach out through the website through facebook even through instagram i'd love to hear from you i'm matt jolly until next time get out there and meet your neighbor because trust me these stories these stories are history they're history worth saving Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.